Shukalooka, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters around the world. It is your chocolate Nubian soul brother, the esoteric noetic, a.k.a. Crystal, a.k.a. the Bitcoin MC. And when I say Bitcoin, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the one and only true Bitcoin. Satoshi Nakamoto's Bitcoin. Bitcoin Kasha. And damn, is it good to be part of the Bitcoin community right now. I know a lot of the haters probably looking at Bitcoin, looking at the price of Bitcoin Cash, thinking to themselves, pump and dump, fucking Roger Ver, fucking Jihan Wu, man, stupid Bitcoin Cash supporters, man, people are just buying Bitcoin Cash because they don't know any better and they think it's the real Bitcoin. Um, humbly, I would disagree and I would say that the reason people are probably catching on to the idea of Bitcoin Cash being awesome is because it has utility. Because of the fast transactions, the zero comp transactions, because of the adoption that is going on, because of the network effect. I mean, bearing in mind that everyone that held Bitcoin before the 1st of August has Bitcoin Cash. And Bitcoin Cash is superior in every way that matters. I mean, we got the BTC crew talking about the Lightning Network, talking about SegWit, talking about how Lightning Network is going to revolutionize the world. They've been talking about that for the last few years. And last time I checked, Lightning Network ain't shit. Worries? We got context, yo. I can send a message to anyone with my phone right now. I can just text messages. Bitcoin. I can send Bitcoin to people all around the world to eat BCH, this amazing company in Venezuela that is feeding the poor. Just like that, via SMS. Do I see BTC coming up with anything like that? When you have a look at what's been going on in the world of Bitcoin in regards to Bitcoin Cash over the last few months, unbelievable. I mean, we got Memo, this amazing app that allows you to post using the Bitcoin Cash blockchain, like Twitter. And of course, this is fantastic because it's increasing the, uh, the transactions on the Bitcoin Cash blockchain and it's making it more profitable for miners. But what else do we have? Man, so, so much stuff going on in the Bitcoin Cash world. Obviously, adoption is booming. Obviously, we got Cointex, which I mentioned. We got Satoshi Nakamoto, I mean Craig Wright, coming up with all these revolutionary technologies specifically to be used on the Bitcoin Cash blockchain. Ow! Damn it, it's good to be part of the Bitcoin Cash community. And I would say that the Bitcoin Cash community is brilliant for many reasons. You see, one of the things I like about the Bitcoin Cash community, one of the things that really drew me to this community is the fact that people have done their research. People are not falling into hive consensus. You see, I've always been a fan of the underdogs, people that don't get caught up with what everyone else is doing. Because more often than not, it's those people that are thinking for themselves. But doing the research, people that have done the research, understand why Bitcoin Cash is the better coin. People that were in this thing from day one, people like Gavin Andreessen, people like Craig Wright, people like John Matonis, 
These are the people that are on Team Bitcoin Cash. These are the people that have the Satoshi vision, that are trying to bring peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash to the world. Not some digital gold storage that does whatever the fuck it's doing in BTC. My my language. But this is the home of the real movement. I find it so inspiring to see that many of the Bitcoin Cash supporters are individualists, they're objectivists, voluntarists, libertarians. They believe in the idea of individual rights. And they think like that. And this is really important. A lot of people think that, you know, Bitcoin isn't about philosophy. And look, granted, it's not. The protocol doesn't discriminate, but the users do. And you find the people that think like socialists, more often than not, they code socialist ideas. I mean, people often say that the big block, small block issue it's just a technical one. Well, I would say it is just as much a philosophical one as it is a techni technological one. The fork that took place in August was as big a technological change as it was a philosophical one. And this has become so clear when you realize that so many of the individualists, the libertarians, are in favor of Bitcoin Cash. And they're not making socialist arguments along the lines of, oh, no, we can't allow people to speak freely on Reddit because, hey, they may, they may come up with ideas that are not in the interest of what we think is the best. And who is we? I mean, we, we have individuals that are making decisions on what kind of information should be spoken about. That, that's not what freedom of speech is about. I mean, for those of you that are not aware, the censorship on Reddit on our Bitcoin really was atrocious. It's one of the reasons why I would say that this fork took place. The fact that the other side of the argument in regards to having big blocks was not being heard. And from what I understand, it had always been the plan to increase the block size to scale by increasing the block size. This limit that was put on was only a temporary one, according to all of the key figures, like Gavin Andreessen. And this whole movement that has been spearheaded by the Blockstream crew of talking about how we got to keep everything decentralized, yo, by having small blocks. Otherwise, the government, the big bad government's going to come and break everything down. So we got to have small blocks. We got to control decisions, yo. You gotta control the code because people just don't know what's good, what's in their interest. Well, I say bullshit on that. Now, I want to look at some of the comments that uh, Roger Ver has been making over the last few uh, few weeks. He, he recently posted a tweet in regards to Reddit, talking about how he was willing to pay a hundred thousand USD, a hundred thousand American dollars to appoint a moderator to our Bitcoin, just to ensure that we weren't going to have any more of this censorship. Because Bitcoin is all about consensus, right? It's this anarchic structure. And uh, look, that's one of the beauties of it, but it is also one of the problems in that if the majority is full of a bunch of momos that don't understand how things work, or they've allowed themselves to be influenced by surreptitious douchebags that have nefarious goals, well, the majority rules. Now, a lot of people make the argument that Bitcoin is consensus. Bitcoin has a track record of success. 
BTC has a track record of, of success. Therefore, they believe in BTC. And it, it always rubs me the wrong way when I hear this kind of thinking. And I, I think to, to this example of the ship of Theseus, I came across this article uh, recently by an um, awesome proponent of Bitcoin Cash. His name eludes me right now, but it'll come to me later. But he spoke about this concept of the ship of Theseus. In ancient Greece, there was this ship that had a track record of success, had gone to many wars, had many victories. And once it returned from its mission, once it turned from, returned from its journeys, people would speak about how this ship was absolutely amazing. And when deciding whether or not to take the ship into battle again, people would make the argument that, of course, this ship had a track record of success. But the idea of this ship changing over time, imagine a situation where people decide to change the oars on the ship, change the, the wood that is used in the ship, change the sails, and change different aspects of this ship over time, over years, to the point where we're at a time now where this ship has returned from battle for returned from battle for several years, and all of these changes have been made on this ship, and people are proclaiming that it is this ship that has this track record of success, when in actual fact, the ship that has this mythical story behind it is not the same ship that is currently at present. And this is very much similar to the situation with Bitcoin. We have a situation where Bitcoin, BTC, has changed so much that it is no longer in line with the Satoshi vision. I mean, are you still going to call something Bitcoin when the consensus has changed so much that it is no longer what the intended vision of Bitcoin was? And this is one of the issues that I have. People always talk about how Bitcoin has a track record of success. I think you mean something else. What you're talking about is not Bitcoin. You're talking about Bitcoin Cash. Bitcoin Cash is the fork that has stuck to the original roadmap. And in fact, others would, certain individuals would make the argument that Bitcoin Cash was not the actual fork. The real fork was BTC. It just so happens that they've, they're the ones that have kept the token. They're the ones that have kept the the mass popularity, but in actual fact, it's Bitcoin Cash that is still in line with the Satoshi vision. Anyway, I went on a long digress over there. I want to get back to this um, this post that Roger Ver made. Look, he was essentially was looking to uh, to put up a a one hundred thousand dollar donation to uh, anyone that was legitimately going to be appointed as the moderator for. Our Bitcoin, which I think is an amazing idea. But it's interesting to hear some of the comments that he got. I mean, people were accusing Roger Ver of, of, of buying votes, so to speak, of buying people. When, look, this is obviously a little ridiculous in that, look, obviously you need to appoint someone that is an impartial moderator. And the idea is, an, is, is, is a completely legitimate one. I mean, if we could actually have someone that was impartial bearing in mind that it's very hard to find impartial people on this when it comes to Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. Now, I, I don't see a problem with having having a moderator. It would be a great idea. Because look, if we're really going to have a system of fairness here, we need to allow everyone to have their their right to speak their mind. 
And it, I just found it disgusting. Of course, I would expect nothing less. That so many BTC supporters over here were, were calling Roger <clears throat> a fraud, calling Roger uh, a douchebag, pretty much, for simply wanting to appoint a moderator. And look, I made the comment, actually. I, I got a lot of slack for this. Now, I, I actually suggested that, of course, we should get a, someone that is neutral. And I, I made the point that, hey, Andres Antonopoulos, I think he's pretty neutral. And I realized that a lot of people have this idea that Andres Antonopoulos is, well, for lack of a better word, um, a fraud, a douchebag. Look, one of the things we got to understand in this movement is that people are going to have different opinions. A lot of the times people call Roger a fraud simply because he be he believes so passionately that Bitcoin Cash is the real Bitcoin. When people make arguments in regards to what they believe, I think it's kind of hard to call that fraudulent. And I think it's the same case with Andres Antonopoulos. Here's a guy that is simply passionately advocating for what he believes in, and he's a supporter of the Lightning Network. Now, a lot of people have said that, look, because the Lightning Network, and a lot of people, this is a lot of people within the Bitcoin Cash community have said that because the Lightning Network is is clearly, uh, I think the conspiracy theory goes along the lines of uh, it being created by essentially the Blockstream company, and it's a way of bringing government, big government, into into this whole world of cryptocurrencies, or Bitcoin specifically. And uh, essentially it's going to make make it just like banks, make Bitcoin use similar to banks as opposed to uh, this peer-to-peer -peer electronic uh, transfer that it was supposed to be. And look, um, the truth is, I don't presume to know what is in the mind of, a of Antonopoulos. However, I have watched so many videos of his. In fact, I would argue that I've probably watched more videos of Andres Antonopoulos than anyone I've come across. I've Up till maybe a couple of months ago, Started this year, I think. I'd watched every single video on Antonopoulos' channel. I'd gone through every interview he, he'd done on, on the Joe Rogan experience, on London Real, everything that I could find. Hundreds of, Andreas Antonopoulos was my first introduction to the world of Bitcoin in regards to understanding the, the, the technology, in regards to understanding how to use wallets, in regards to so much of the understanding, even the philosophy. I mean, Andreas Antonopoulos is being a great proponent of Bitcoin because it instills the rights, the individual rights to people. And look, granted, he's not all in favor of volunteerism and having a completely st stateless society. And look, he has his own leanings, as any educated person should. They're entitled to their own opinion. However, I think the idea of calling someone like that uh, a fraud is, is a little unwise to say the least. And I know a lot of people are proponents of this idea. And look, I can understand how people may think that, that they're not familiar with his work, but if you actually listen to this guy, I mean, he's made a, a huge attempt to be as diplomatic as he could be when speaking about Bitcoin, when speaking about the Lightning Networks, when speaking about Bitcoin Cash. And I could admire that. It is very difficult for people to speak about this kind of stuff and remain civil to be diplomatic. And look, I think he's done an amazing job. Now, granted, he has his own biases, but I don't think he has said anything that is overtly unfair, bearing in mind that he has criticized the people that have been attacking Roger Ver. 
he has criticized the censorship on Reddit. Ultimately, he believes that there are going to be many, many different coins. He's not a Bitcoin maximalist, and he's, he's entitled to his, his understanding. Quite frankly, his understanding of this is predicated off of years and years of understanding when it comes to technology and philosophy and economics. So when I, when I listen to Andres Antonopoulos, I really value his opinion. Whereas I may not agree with it, I still respect it. And I'm not going to be quick to call him a fraud, which I found a lot of people were doing with the comments. So, um, look, they're just my thoughts in regards to this. Now, granted, I am a Bitcoin maximalist, Bitcoin cash all the way. Granted, I do believe in individual rights. However, I think it's important for us to maintain a bit of civility when dealing with people that have viewpoints that don't always co coincide with ours. And so I just felt like I had to mention that because I... I feel like a lot of people um, were being a little harsh towards Andreas Antonopoulos. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to cover a few of the things that are going on in the world of Bitcoin before I get on to the main interview on this podcast, which is an interview with uh, Jose Gabriel, who is one of the founders of Eat BCH, this amazing organization that is allowing people all around the world to donate Bitcoin cash to feed the hungry Venezuelans. Anyway, just to cover a few more things that are going on in the world of Bitcoin, um, I've come across Memo, which is absolutely amazing. It's, uh, it's like Twitter, but it's on the Bitcoin cash blockchain. essentially allows people to, to post things in regards to everything, really. I mean, one of the things I love is that it's fundamentally a Bitcoin cash uh, community, so have a lot of people that are reinforcing the values of Bitcoin, that have a sound understanding of Austrian economics, that have an individualist understanding of philosophy, and are in line with the real vision of Satoshi. So it, it really is inspiring. I kind of go there just to uh, inspire myself and, and and see all the all the fascinating people that are trying to promote Bitcoin Cash as peer to peer cash. Uh, but yeah, highly recommend that. It's doing wonders for the uh, the Bitcoin Cash uh, blockchain, increasing the uh, the transactions and obviously making it more profitable to mine. Now, we got some amazing things coming up in the world of Bitcoin. Come May 15th, the, we got another upgrade going on. Freaking amazing. Now, ooh, I would not want to be Ethereum right now. Understandably, Vitalik, um, I think, is, uh, has been acting a little pissed off in regards to Craig Wright. A lot of people have, have uh, theorized that reason being that, look, uh, I think he's fully aware that uh, Bitcoin Cash and uh, the, the direction that Bitcoin Cash is going in poses a real, well, challenge, I guess you would say, to Ethereum in that Bitcoin Cash is activating the opcodes. So all of the stuff that can be done on Ethereum can now be done on Bitcoin Cash, y'all. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Ow! And look, um, for those that are not aware of the, the backstory to this, one of the reasons that, in fact, the sole reason that Vitalik actually left the Bitcoin community, was actually one of the developers of Bitcoin, was because they wouldn't allow him to uh, to activate the opcodes and, and create all these smart contracts. Now, granted, there were some reasons for, for not doing that at the time, some security reasons um, that are legitimate. Understandably, though, um, 
where is that is concerned, granted security is the most important thing in Bitcoin. Since then, we have actually resolved many of the problems in regards to upcodes, and uh, I've, at least from what I've read, it's, uh, it's not going to pose a problem. And I think it's beautiful because this is going to open up many opportunities to Bitcoin Cash. I think come May the 15th with the ne next upgrade, uh, we're going to see a revolution. Of course, we're seeing a revolution right now as we speak. This thing is creeping up on you. I'm not sure if you've been checking out the coin market. But uh, yeah, yeah, Bitcoin Cash is really is really rising. And it, it's where he's look, I don't pay attention to price. It's fascinating because we can see that I think a lot of people are catching on. Now, granted, there is the sheeple effect. Granted, you have the smart people, the people who understand the Satoshi vision, obviously uh, focusing on adoption and investing in their Bitcoin cash. And then the sheeple tend to catch wind of this and just start doing this. And look, that's, that's always going to happen. So look, I guess what I'm saying is that I don't pay too much attention to the price. I mean, look, when something goes up by 60, 70, 80 percent in in one week, obviously people are going to jump on board. You know, they want to get on the bandwagon and make some money. But what you got to focus on is what's actually going on behind the scenes. The adoption, the developers, the fact that we have Cointex, we got Memo, we have smart contracts, we have technologies that have been released by Satoshi, I mean, Craig Wright, that are going to be revolutionizing this whole world of cryptocurrencies. And they're going to be released exclusively on the Bitcoin Cash fork, yo. You know what I'm talking about. So um, I have no doubt that um, we're going to see Bitcoin Cash uh, soar into the the realm of being the most awesome coin. And it's only a matter of time. I think 2018 is going to be the year of the Bitcoin Cash. All right, now, finally, ladies and gentlemen, I, I want to look at an article I came across going through all the posts on Twitter. Uh, a guy responding to, because, because, because. This guy was talking about how Bitcoin Cash is, uh, is a scam, Bitcoin Cash is a fraud, and making all of these fallacious arguments in regards to why he does not believe anyone should invest or put their money in Bitcoin. And I wanted to look at some of the arguments. Um, I think it's always good to, to hear the other side. Um, so, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, let's check out this article um, by Brendan Matthews. Um, <laughs> when people use Bcash, you already know how intelligent their arguments are going to be. Not very. Not, they're not going to make very intelligent arguments. Um, yeah, it looks like a two-year-old wrote that. Bcash <laughs> <laughs> is stupid. This is, this is what I hear what I hear. When I read comments made by um, BTC supporters, they guys are for what the very stupid. Why would you spend your money on these guys? That's so bad. You find it so bad. And then Bitcoin Cash proponents would be like, "Well, you do realize that Bitcoin Cash is the original roadmap for Bitcoin, right?" Because 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 but the very And look, I know a lot of people like to use this image, somehow hinting that Rochevere is a douchebag. He's a criminal. But look, I think it was rightfully so that he got pissed off in this interview. I mean, 
I don't know about you, but I don't want Bitcoin Jesus to be some some nancy pansy diplomatic dude that agrees with everyone. I want him to ruffle feathers. I want him to go out there and and drop some knowledge, drop some truth bombs, man. I mean, that's the only way to cre create change sometimes. People don't want to hear... Pe people often don't want to hear the truth, but fortunately, you got to drop that truth bomb. And Roger Ver definitely likes to drop the truth bombs. He has a very confrontational attitude. And uh, understandably, a lot of people don't like him because he is a truth teller. And that's what happens. Roger Ver, in the fashion of a Bitcoin Jesus, has come here not to get along with everyone, but to separate the, the wheat from the chaff, as they say. Separate the, the fucking BTC momos that don't understand the purpose of Bitcoin, don't understand Austrian economics, do not understand the philosophy behind these things, or basically socialists. I understand that we all have different values. And trying to edify them in regards to the truth. Now look, granted, you may not like him as a person. You may not even agree with his arguments. But I think if, if you look at what he's actually saying, you actually break down the arguments for what they are, perfectly logical. Rojavir has been saying from day one the same thing that he's been saying today, that he wants to promote peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash. He signed up for this thing like the many of us signed up for this thing because it was a way of separating the state from economics. I don't want to have some kind of socialist Bitcoin where a bunch of people get to dictate what I do with my Bitcoin. I have to pay these ridiculous transaction fees and we can't have everyone using it. Can't have the poor people in Venezuela or Kenya all around the world having access to this. That's not what I signed up for. Anyway, um, before I go on my tangent, let's have a look at some of the arguments that were made in this article. Okay, uh, this guy goes on to map out some of the key figures in Bitcoin. Jihan Wu is the co-founder of Bitmain, a company which produces SHA-256 ASICs, which are used for Bitcoin mining. Today, Bitcoin mining is dominated by ASICs, and the Bitmain app miner S9 is the preferred choice in miners, blah, 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 blah. Jihan is an active within the community isn't as active within the community. He prefers to keep a lower profile. And then Roger Verasilis is known about this character. Fair enough. Some basic facts in regards to the figures in the Bitcoin movement. What makes Bcash a hostile hard fork? Okay. So here, here are this guy's arguments. Using the name Bitcoin. This is confusing to users, especially... All right, wait. I've got to be a bit more polite when I'm reading this. I'm sorry, guys. This is just for dramatic effect. All right. So this is confusing for users. Uh, especially people who are new to Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. So the argument by a lot of BTC proponents is that by people, by the Bitcoin cash community using the term Bitcoin, it's somehow confusing everyone. Now look, there are many other coins that use Bitcoin. There's Bitcoin Unlimited, there's Bitcoin Gold, and so forth. Now you don't hear them complaining about these other coins, do you? And I'm pretty sure people understand what coin they're putting their money in. I think this is silly. I think, look, I'm, I'm pretty confident the people that are buying Bitcoin, they know what Bitcoin they're buying. And look, more importantly, you don't own the name Bitcoin. No one does. I mean, this whole intellectual property th shit, I came up with a name so you can't use it, doesn't work like that. Does not work like that. You don't own it. If you come up with a word and you start using it, and then you tell people that they can't use it, fuck you! That's complete and utter nonsense. 
Now, look, granted, uh, I know the intellectual property thing is a bit of a an issue when it comes to individuals' ethics. It's very different for let's say from from the situation where let's say you come up with a technology and you create limits on people's ability to use that, so you don't allow people to have access to that. Now, if people can't access your, something that you created, tough titties, you don't have to give them access to it. However, if people simply come up with that same understanding um, through the ether or through no fault of their own, somehow they've been exposed to that technology through no fault of their own, so no violation as such, and you want to restrict them from being able to use that, that's when you're getting into no, no, no territory. So look, I guess I bring this up because Craig Wright often gets criticized in the fact that he's wanting to, he's a proponent of intellectual property, and it all comes down to how you apply it. Granted, in a general sense, yes, intellectual property, it's bad, 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 bad. But look, at the end of the day, it all comes down to contracts. If I create something and I sell it to you and I tell you that you do not have the right to give this to anyone else or you have to use it within the confines of, of this situation, if that is a contractual agreement, in the philosophy of voluntarism, that is perfectly legit. And it becomes a, it becomes a tricky issue when other people have uh, somehow gotten access to the information that you sold to someone and now you want to use the power of government to prevent them from using the information that they have gotten access to through a third party. That becomes a shitstorm. But in, in, in regards to the idea of creating limits in regards to something that you created nothing wrong with, but when it comes to things like a name, that's, that's ridiculous. If I create some word and I call it Bitcoin Kasha, so I spell Bitcoin with some kind of funny Japanese pronunciation, and I use this weird intonation when I'm use when I'm saying that word. I don't have copyright on that. If you guys want to pronounce Bitcoin Kasha, like Bitcoin Kasha, you have every right to. So look, in regards to that argument, socialist argument, and I love this kind of stuff because it clearly shows the distinctions between how many BTC proponents think and how many of the Bitcoin Cash proponents think. Okay, now in regards to uh. Oh, once again, same deal with the logo. You don't own that logo. Yeah, we take. Yeah, we use that logo because it was originally the logo that the people in the community created. Whoever it was that originally created that that logo. But the point is, the granite has been changed slightly. The Bitcoin Cash logo tilts to the left. The Bitcoin Core logo tilts to the right. It doesn't matter. You don't have ownership over that logo. And they go on to say, oh, talk about the similarity. Oh, using the same address format and makes it confusing to people. <laughs> well, in fairness, the Bitcoin Cash community has actually made the effort of changing the, the format for uh, Bitcoin Cash to make it easier, more understandable. But you know what? Uh, that's in their interest. And quite frankly, you don't have some kind of authority over how people use Bitcoin. This whole idea that, oh, it's Bitcoin's owned by the Bitcoin community and you can't use It's open source, people. You can use it. If you can gain access to it, you can use it. No one owns this shit. This is what anarchy looks like. Spreading fud and lies. Oh. You see, this is what I love about this shit. People often call lies anything that they don't like. For instance, if I told you that the world was flat, and I made an argument the world was flat. Similarly, like a BTC supporter, I told you the Bitcoin core is the real Bitcoin, and it's better, and that you know Bitcoin Cash is a fraud. Now, granted... That's a stupid argument, both the argument, obviously, that the world is flat, and both the argument that Bitcoin Core is, or the, the Bitcoin Core proponents make that Bitcoin Cash is shitty, their opinions, and regardless of whether or not they're true or false, 
That's someone's opinion. You've got to learn to distinguish between someone's thoughts and someone on something, whether or not it has the intention of being a, a mistruth, or whether it's it's actually dishonest. And look, when it comes to dishonesty, I try to stay away from that shit. I mean, let's look at just look at fraud. Now, fraud would imply uh, some kind of theft, so taking away of something. Now, are these Bitcoin cash proponents stealing anything from you? Is, is Roger Ver stealing anything from you? By simply telling you the Bitcoin Cash is the real Bitcoin, telling you the Bitcoin Cash is going to do X and Y, and how it was circumvented by the Blockstream community, even if that wasn't true, which, by the way, it is, he's entitled to that opinion. So this nonsense is, is once again, completely irrelevant. Blah, blah. And this guy theorizes in regards to why Bcashers are doing this. It's quite, it's quite simple, really. It's all about money. Yeah, this is coming from the people that talk about wanting Bitcoin to go to the moon so they can buy their Lamborghinis. Whereas more often than not, you see the Bitcoin Cash opponents that are donating money to eat BCH, that are trying to spread this thing around the world, that are trying to get everyone to use this thing because they care about adoption. Oh. And look, this guy goes on to speak about the Lightning Network and the technological side of things. But look, fundamentally, you will find that the arguments made by the BTC supporters always comes down to philosophical reasons. The fact that they think anything where you are simply expressing an opinion is fraud. They think that simply by Roger Ver calling Bitcoin core what it is, and saying that it's not in line with the vision of Satoshi Nakamoto, speaking about how Bitcoin Cash can actually scale. Somehow this is fraudulent, when in actual fact it is proven to be truthful every single time. I mean, one of the things that I've been doing is, I've been going through a lot of the interviews that Roger Ver was having years ago, listening to the arguments, and listening to how, granted, the, the, the arguments that he's been making has been pretty much the same. He's just becoming more passionate over the more recent years in regards to these arguments, but he was getting called up when he was speaking about how Bitcoin, ca Bitcoin Core at the time was going to be experiencing a lot of problems, that um, the, the blocks were full, and you'd be hearing proponents of BTC talking about how they weren't full and making all, all these explanations in regards to why everything was fine. And this is around 2016, and it clearly was a problem, and Roger was going blue in the face speaking about how this shit was going to be a problem, and just as he predicted, I mean, one of the things I love about Roger is, look, love him or hate him, when it comes to the predictions that he's been making from day one, they have been on point. The predictions in regards to Bitcoin um, outperforming gold and Bitcoin increasing in value and so forth, Bitcoin having these issues, he has been on the money because he really understands this shit, really understands the economics, really understands the technology and really understands the philosophy. That is why he is Bitcoin Jesus. It's not Bitcoin Jesus because he says all this sweet stuff and makes you feel good. He's Bitcoin Jesus because he knows his shit, and he's not going to stop until he gets his shit done. He's driven. He's passionate. I like that. You may not like his personality. I do. I like the quirks. I like the relentless gun-ho attitude, the dogged, grim determination that he has. This is the kind of, th this is, these are the attributes that you see in successful people. So, 
They're my thoughts on Roger Ver. They're my thoughts on uh, intellectual property. And uh, they're my thoughts on Bitcoin Cash. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to uh, get ready for an interview now with... with Eat BCH. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all very much for tuning in. Also, I want, to, I want to send a shout out to the Beach Boys. I've been checking out their podcast. Highly recommend them if you want to check out people that really understand this stuff, that really go into like deep, deep into the, the technical side of things. Highly recommend checking out uh, the, the Beach Boys. I love, I love the fact that there's so many people in this community that are invested in um, trying to educate people in regards to what's going on. They're really passionate about what they're doing. The The last podcast they dropped with Craig Wright was absolutely powerful. I think anyone that listens to that and doesn't know what's going on, I, I don't know what to say to you guys, but it's very it's very evident what's going on. <laughs> and it's, it's very clear that Bitcoin Cash is going to be leading the way in a very short amount of time. At least that's what I think. I think uh, um, clearly when you have someone as knowledgeable, someone as revolutionary, um, and you have such an amazing community behind uh, what's going on. I think it's only a matter of time that we start seeing tangible uh, changes in the Bitcoin ecosystem. And hell, that's happening. This week it's been going to the moon, y'all. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, be sure to check out the Beach Boys. Also, check out the Crypto Anarchist. Uh, he's another guy that I'm subscribed to on the YouTubes. Uh, amazing knowledge. He's a little abrasive, um, but I like that. He's uh, He's... Uh, He's very confrontational, a bit like Roger Ver, um, probably even more so, but his knowledge base is absolutely top-notch. This guy really lays down what's going on in, in on, along the lines of the technical side of cryptocurrencies, and yeah, the guy is an anarchist, really understands the philosophical side as well. Highly recommend that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you, uh, if you would like to come on this podcast and you know any cool people that would like to uh, to get interviewed on my podcast, be sure to send me a message and let me know. Um, I'm all about the community, yo. I got some other cool people coming on in the next uh, few weeks. We got uh, George coming on, and uh, I'm going to try to get Craig Wright, Roger Ver, Jeff Berwick, and all the key players in this uh, this crypto space, yo. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, without further ado, I'm going to see if I can get Jose, Gabrielle on the line. Peace out, keep it real. Boom shakalaka. You know, people in this life will always tell you what you can and what you cannot do. You can't let nobody put limitations on yourself. You gotta know that deep down inside, you got the will, you got the power, you got the fire. So if you want to go, you got to go like thunder. Good heart defeats you on the most side. Bring home the rain, need all the action. Have a moment, ponder on that weakness. Rise above it, keep working on that game, son. I'm about to school you when I thunder. I'm about to school you, know I got Boom shakalaka, ladies and gentlemen. That was my EP going thunder, which you can check out on iTunes, Spotify, and purchase via cryptocurrencies through www.chrisshul.com. That's K-R-I-S-H-O-O-L.com. If you want to support what I'm doing here, promoting liberty, Bitcoin cash, truth, 
philosophy, and all the other stuff I talk about on this podcast, be sure to do so by, uh, by purchasing my EP. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we got Jose Gabriel on the line, one of the founders of Eat BCH, an amazing organization that allows you to send money via Bitcoin Cash and essentially turn that into food for all of these uh, starving people in Venezuela. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's see if we can get Jose on the line. About to get this thing rocking. Let's do it. Jose, my brother, how you doing? Hi. Hi, man. You coming in nice and just good? You looking well? I saw the uh, the recent posts on, on Twitter. You've been doing some amazing stuff uh, with all the all the food that you've been disseminating to all the people there. Fantastic, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, Jose, last time we, uh, we tried doing this, I had a few audio problems, but you're coming in nice and clear now. So, uh, let's get into it. My brother... Eat BCH. Tell me about it. What have you been up to? How'd you get started with BC Eat BCH? Well, we started uh, on mid-February uh, after we, we had about a month uh, thinking what we could do to help people here. And after I saw the usefulness of cryptocurrencies, especially Bitcoin Cash, for how fast and how low the fees were, uh, I saw the, the possibility that something like this could, could exist. And we started it on February and on our own kitchen, making the meals there on one location. And it's been uh, barely two months now. And we have eight locations now that we're working with. And, you know, we feed hundreds of people uh, every weekend. That's amazing, man. So it's, it's obviously not just you that's involved in this. You, you have a team that you're working with. How does that work? Do they have a salary? Uh, do how does all the, uh, um, I guess, the administration costs work? Is everyone doing this voluntarily, or how's that all set up? Yes, yes, yes. They are volunteers, even me. I don't have a salary. Uh, uh, this is pure uh, voluntary work. And we normally find a person in a location that we found, that, that we see that, that is, you know, is in, very, you know, in a very crisis situation and that needs, that needs a lot of help. And we find somebody there and contact them, see them if they are willing to volunteer. And they themselves, you know, are something that, that we found out is that when they start, you know, preparing a small meal at the beginning, people in their own community wants to help. They, they want to, to, to do something too. And they volunteer in the cooking, they volunteer in, in helping everything they can, you know, distributing or set, helping set up everything. You know, their own community uh, forms around it uh, in a way that they all can help because uh, they, they want to, they want to help everybody. Absolutely. I see this thing as rather contagious, you know, I mean, uh, I've been watching uh, well, watching the, the mini documentary, Eat BCH, and just seeing all the stuff that you've been doing, and the more that you see the impact that it's having, the more that you want to get involved. So I, I, can, I can understand people that are volunteering, you know, when you see the, uh, the impact of your work, I can understand how people want to do more. and. Uh, I just think it's amazing the fact that it's so easy now. I mean, uh, I, I use something called Cointex and allows me to send a few dollars or even a few cents. And there's no hassle. 
I mean, with a typical system, if you wanted to send money overseas, you'd have to go through a bank, pay, I don't know how many dollars or, you know, maybe even hundreds of dollars, depending on how much you want to send. And the fact that you can avoid all of that stuff and... You know, I, like I was checking out one of your tweets um, just uh, just a moment ago that uh, we have a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash-to-food system, and I think that illustrates it really well. I mean, essentially, you now can transfer your money to food just like that, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, that's something that I, uh, I really like on cryptocurrency. I, I heard about Bitcoin, you know, uh, many years ago on the news, online, but I didn't really pay attention to it because I didn't have money to invest, so I was out of the game until recently in January when my brother got into it because somebody tipped him uh, $2 online. And uh, it was that easy, you know, uh, no bank account details, uh, no ID. Yeah, that person, you know, had to know his real name or his full name or any detail at all, you know, just an address and that's it. That's how easy it is. And for me, that was an eureka moment that this was something useful. It was a, an important tool that, that, that could do important things and and I saw the, the, the possibility that could be done for something like this, you know, and help to get donations directly. That's awesome, man. So what, what kind of impact does the, uh, does the money have? I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm in Australia, based in Melbourne, Australia, and I'd imagine the, the currency is, is uh, probably worth a bit more than the Venezuelan dollar. So uh, I'm curious, like, uh, how, much, how much does 20 dollars, how far does 20 something like $20 go as far as impacting helping the, the people in Venezuela. The Venezuela, the Venezuela currency is called the Bolivar. And when we started uh, this in February, uh, the average minimum wage job was around $5. So you work one month for $5. And right now it's less than $1. That's how fast, you know, the inflation uh, has affected the economy. And people are working entire months for cents. So uh, $20 really uh, are very helpful. Uh, yeah. On locations, we normally put $10, $20 in a location that have 50, 60, 80 people, you know, and they're able to feed everybody there, you know, uh, just with $20. So it's, it's very helpful. You can do a lot. That's awesome, man. And are, are there any other organizations that are are starting things like this, trying to do this with other cryptocurrencies or even Bitcoin Cash. I mean, obviously we're aware of EPCH. Have, are you familiar with any other companies that are doing what you're doing? Or are you pretty much a, a pioneer in this uh, in this area? <laughs> I'm not sure, man. Uh, uh, yeah, organizations that use uh, cryptocurrencies directly, how we're doing, uh, I have no knowledge of, really. Uh, I, I know of other organizations, you know, old-fashioned organizations that receive donations, but uh, you cannot really know how much of it are going directly to, to the help the people that, that they're supposed to help, you know, and that's something that I want to EBCH to be something different, to be more transparent and more trustless. So, you know, it, it's, I think it improves everything. It gives confidence to the people that, that this is something that will really have an impact on someone's life and it will encourage donations and in that way we can help even more people so that's something that, that i wanted to, to get right since the beginning that's awesome man that's absolutely amazing because I, I know that there are obviously a lot of other charity organizations around the world uh you have world vision you have a uh, uh, 
they're too many to mention. But the fact that with uh, with EPCH, it, it's simply a matter of sending an SMS message, and you know that it's having a direct impact. I think that's what makes this so appealing. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're checking out this uh, documentary, be sure to go to EPCH. I have the uh, the Twitter uh, uh, the twi- Twitter details on my on my podcast here. You can you can send off. Something as little as even a few cents. As Jose was saying, it goes a long way. I mean, people are working for for a day, you know, not even getting a dollar. So uh, this is a great opportunity to really have a, a tangible impact in people's lives. Jose, you are you are a gentleman. I, I appreciate what you're doing. It's absolutely amazing. And um, I'm glad to have someone like you part of this community. And, uh, yeah, uh, is, is there anything that you want to um, share, uh, any, any details? Do you guys have a website or anything like that? Well, I want to to take this opportunity to thank the whole Bitcoin Cash community. You know, uh, they are really what made everything possible. You know, every, everything of this possible. Because even if I wanted to help, uh, without all the support, you know, that would mean nothing. So the support has been incredible from day one. You know, since I started uh, the Twitter page and I started posting the pictures there. The support has been incredible. Uh, right now we have the Twitter page when we, where we post um, some things or what we're doing. Uh, and people can check it out. You know, it's open to anybody that, that wants to see what we're doing. Fantastic. Well, uh, I'll be sure to put the details on this podcast. Jose, once again, I thank you so much for what you're doing, and thank you so much for being generous with your time. I know we've had to give this another shot, so I, I really appreciate that. But uh, peace out, my brother. You keep doing what you're doing, and uh, until next time, I'll keep in touch, all right? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome, brother. Peace out. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was Jose Gabriel from EBH. Amazing guy, amazing organization. Uh, be sure to send some money. Like I said, it's, it's only a few cents. Even if you want to send a few cents, it's going to go a long way. Something as little as a few dollars can buy a, a group of people a, a meal that they may not have had in days. So, ladies and gentlemen, EPCH made possible through Bitcoin Cash. Fantastic. All right, so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to leave it there. Until next time, uh, be sure to let us know what you think. Drop the comments. Keep this stuff... Uh, going on. This is a community, so uh, the more input I can get on how to make this podcast better would be uh, would be greatly appreciated. Boom shakalaka, this is Chris Yule, a.k.a. the Bitcoin MC, signing out. Until next time. Ow!